0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bikini and the Brain podcast. My name is Ashley Kaltwasser. And beside me, I have Adam Bonia from teamelitephysique.com. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello out there. Is it it's President's Day? Yeah?
1: It is President's Day. Happy
0: President's Day.
1: I found out this morning at 7 a.m. at President's Day. <laughs> you know how I found out? How? Because they're remodeling my house, right? Uh-huh. And they wouldn't let the guys in to the community on a holiday. And so oh, they called really? me at seven in the morning. They're like, yeah, we have the pool guy, vintage pools here to, with this truck, this plaster truck. So there's like, they let all the workers in. There's like six of them there to help plaster the pool because they're remodeling the pool at the prep house. And then the the big truck, they wouldn't let in because it was President's Day. So That's all those guys, Weird. yeah, So yes. I found out this morning at seven. Well, in the
0: unnecessary. <laughs> well there you go. <laughs>
1: so, so what do we got on the, what do we got on the docket for today?
0: So I was thinking, man, bikini. In fact, the the physique sports in general, a lot of people think it's just aesthetics or strength or genetics, but man, it's a lot of mental toughness as well. And I think that's something that we overlook, how mentally tough you have to be to compete in the sport. Yeah. A lot of repetition, a lot of consistency has evolved, a lot of willpower.
1: I agree. Yeah, 100%. I think... The, what's, what's funny is I, I feel like people think the sport of physique sports is all in the gym. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I don't think anyone really has an issue with the gym part of it. Right. I mean, how many people do you really run into like your coach? How many people do you run into that? It's like, man, I just can't get to the gym. Like I have no motivation to work out. Like no one, I don't run into Rarely,
0: but even then it doesn't last long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: exactly. You need a, a week off and you're back in and you're motivated like crazy to get back to the gym. So it's the sport isn't just the gym. The sport I, I always tell everyone it's it's really the sport of dieting. Like it's the sport of following your nutrition plan twenty-three hours of the day, you know, outside of the one hour that you're in the gym. It is that's that's literally the sport is is that part of it, you know, and it's tough.
0: Yeah. And there's also other elements to the sport that makes it mentally tough as well that will get into, you know, a lot of it too is is just outside circumstances as well, such as um constant scrutiny of your physique and, you know, being under like the constant eye, whether it be your coach, the public, and even when you're on stage, you're going to get judged. So just know that that's part of the sport is getting critiqued and some people can handle it. Some people cannot.
1: Yeah, that is, and it's, it's tough because you're literally putting yourself on stage to be criticized about your body. You know, yeah. that's literally what you're doing up yes. there in the most revealing thing you could pretty much be in you know, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a, it's bittersweet sometimes, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those moments, they can be really hard. And when you do get feedback, which everyone should get feedback after their show, highly recommend. (laughs) Um, They're going to hopefully be harsh and honest with you. That's the only way you're going to be able to see for yourself what you need to improve out of the horse's mouth. Right. Because, Your family is probably gonna tell you you should have won the show. Your boyfriend's gonna say you looked perfect. I don't see anything wrong. You know, God bless, but they're not judges. So sometimes it takes a judge to point these out. And I know they do it in the most respectful way, but sometimes it can hurt uh, if you're not secure enough with, you know, yourself. And sometimes it can feel, I don't know, discouraging. Like if somebody took, let's say a year off, Uh, and just worked on this body part that was lagging and just to find out that they still have a ways to go. That can also be a little tough to handle mentally.
1: Yeah, that's a, that one's a real tough one, especially because you're feeling good going into it. You're like, I made the improvements. I'm ready to go. And then you find out, Hey, I still need another probably year to do the rest of the work, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. It's, it can be tough. And I think also it can be kind of tough as well. To think that you brought your best package, like, oh man, this is my absolute best. And then when you compete, maybe you don't do as well as you expected. Maybe you don't get the feedback that you've been wanting. That can also, you know, that can hurt a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that people really need to understand too, is different shows are different people. It's not going to be the same. Um, You know, your placing can fluctuate quite a bit and it could fluctuate in both ways. You could do really, really good at the next show because no one good showed up. And then the next show you could go show up like, and this happens a lot at the national level. People really seem to put a lot of the rankings into it at like the national level. Like this is not NASCAR and where you're racing the same guys in every different race. It's a different group. It's a entirely different sport almost the Mm -hmm. next time you do, because it's different people, you know, it's completely different. So it's not like a, like people think of it too, too much like other sports, you know, like, or like a, like a, a boxing or fighting, you have like your ranking order. And if you lose to rank number 10, and you're number five, now you're ranked number 10. Like that's not it. It's not how it goes. So people go to USA's, they get fifth place one year. And then they go back the next year thinking they made their improvements, and they get 12 place the next year. But the 11 in front of you were better than the entire four yeah. that will beat you the last time. Like it's a different thing, you know, so you can't, I get that email a lot. And where people will say, Yeah, I'm slipping in placings. And I'm like, you're not really, there's no such thing as like slipping in placings, unless it's the same people every time. Yeah. That's different. Like if you're on like a, a big stage and it's the same exact people every time. And then all of a sudden these girls are beating you. Yeah, I could see that. You could kind of look at it that way, um, but it's just a different thing. So don't put too much emphasis on that for sure. Cause that's just not a real, that's not a real stat to go off of.
0: Absolutely. Know? And it can come down to, like you said, who's judging it? Who are you standing next to on the lineup? Like if I stood next to really big and muscular girls, they're going to make me look too small, but, um, or maybe I'll stand against girls that are more my build and then I, I fit right in. So a lot of it has to do with who you're standing next to, who shows up, how that makes you look. And it, you know what? Honestly, some people, you know, just didn't shine that day. And I know that doesn't sound like very scientific because you can't really put your finger on it. You know, sometimes you just walk out and someone just shines and blows you away. You can't put your finger on it, but wow, they just captivated you. Sometimes that can happen. Some days it's your day, some days it's not. So it's important just to not take the placing uh, to heart so much if you know you've been improving, right? Yeah. If you know you've been improving and things are growing and you look better, you don't need to necessarily involve your placings with that. As long as you're on the upward trajectory and you're making these changes for the good, then you need to keep that in mind because I always say this, you know what every Olympia champion has has in common is they've all lost. And they, I'm sure have handfuls of times they disappointed themselves. Maybe they thought they could have done better, or maybe they messed up their prep. Anyway, no one's undefeated in the sport. So if you haven't lost already, guess what? You're going to, sorry to break it to you. (laughs) I promise you, you're going to lose because at some point someone, unless you, I guess, win a a local show and then just retire, I suppose you can do that. (laughs) But if you're in it for the long run and you want to work your way up to a pro and maybe even qualify for Olympia, just know you're going to lose at some point. Sorry to break it to you. (laughs) Everyone has lost. No one's undefeated.
1: So I think you know as we dive into bikini you know being a tough sport mentally I think we go into you know the dieting part of it and just how you know demanding the diet is and, and that's what like, gets
0: people the most Yeah
1: I would say it's a number yeah I would say 100% yeah for the number one thing is is going to be the diet and we talk about it all the time but especially the diet in the off season where people get set back Yes you know and you know there's there's only so much we can say about that in terms of you know staying on plan and staying consistent um targets to shoot for which we've all we've given you targets to shoot for which you know um I, I guess we can go over that again but um just you know why it's important I think is the is the important thing it's like why okay what's my motivation in the off season to stay within you know 10% of of stage weight or you know 10 to 12% above stage weight what's my motivation and I think that that is really the hardest part of it because people automatically assume that if I'm staying within 10% 12% above stage weight that my life is going to suck because of it. And that's what I hate hearing. I'm like, you're there's very little difference of you staying within 10 to 12% above stage weight than like a normal fitness person. Yeah. It's not crazy. Like you might be doing 20 minutes of cardio five days a week and you might just not be eating every single thing that you want to eat, you know? Like it, but you're still going to eat pretty good. Right. You know, you're still going to be able to go like, well, they just automatically assume Oh, that means i'm gonna be eating tilapia and doing an hour of cardio fasted and then i'm not gonna be over to ever to go out with my boyfriend and to a restaurant like and my whole life sucks because i can't go to parties and family events and i'm like no none of that like none of that is <laughs> happens You're like kimber's in prep right now she's going to dinners with me still once a week you know like there's it's it's just you have to make the right choices and your 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 why is the got to be the most important thing you know and so um, the reason that it's so important that you're staying in shape in the off season is you're trying to always make improvements. And the problem is that what you run into is you run into, so there's two different types of people that really, um, in, in bikini world, it's the people who are going to make progress every single year. And then you have your transformation, people who are going to transform into the show every single time. And they're just trying to get back to the last physique they had. They're not really making improvements. They're just because they're dieting so hard, they're dieting off muscle. If they did gain any muscle, they're dieting it off. They're just trying to get back to where they were. And then eventually it becomes harder and harder and harder to get back to where you were. And then those are the people that are like, oh, I hate this sport, I quit because it ruined my body. And I'm like, no, it was your off seasons that ruined your body and it's because your, your your first year you put on 20 pounds then 30 pounds then 40 pounds. Then, and then all of a sudden it got so hard to get you back on stage that it wasn't worth it to you anymore to go through it anymore because it's just kind of the appeal wore off to you. Um, and now you're, you know, now you hate the sport and you want to blame the sport, but it was always your off seasons, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's what that's one of the really tough things about it is if you're committing to the sport, you're going to commit to the diet more than anything.
0: you know. Yeah. And a lot of people neglect to realize how important the off season is, but the transformation clients, like you just described, it's basically a vicious cycle. So what they put on too much weight in the off season, therefore they're, Contest prep has to be super miserable and extreme and they have to lose a lot of weight. And then when they get done with the end season, they're done with their show. They're so tired of it. And they're so, I guess, hungry <laughs> that they go crazy and binge. And there begins the vicious cycle. Then the off season getting overweight again. And let's keep in mind after the show, your body is like a calorie sponge at that point. So you're very susceptible to putting on body fat. And then it begins again. And then they put on a whole bunch of weight in the off season. And to get back to the stage, they have to do this extreme diet, this yo-yo, this constant, like up and down black or white. Whereas off season, it should be a little more of a gray area. That's how I like to look at it. Off season is a little more gray. And when I'm in season, it's, it's all go. So, you know, it doesn't have to be miserable in the off season. I, I, you know, I, I don't find that it's miserable for me. And I've talked many times about how I've learned to love my food, my prep food. I season it differently. I cook it. I found a way that works for me. So I don't really have cravings for cheesy nachos or anything like that. You know, I'll have little treats here and there, but nothing crazy.
1: Yeah. I think that the, the real issue is people are like, you know, thinking that dieting sucks or it's not fun. And I'm like, why why are we talking about food being fun anyway? So <laughs> like it's just food. Like it, it, people think that the sacrifice of not eating pizza and not eating um, foods that they're not supposed to eat is a big sacrifice. And I'm like, you were never supposed to be like eating those things on the regular anyways. Why do you think you're sacrificing so much now by not having a pizza or not having those things? Like it's, you're not, you're not to, like no one ate those for, for, you know, centuries. Right. <laughs> and, now, and now we're like, Oh, we're, sacrificing so much because i haven't had donuts pizza and a whatever shake <laughs> chocolate shake well, Like, guess what people that lived in like the 1800s never had any of those things yeah. and they never complained about it. but now because we have these foods that are like rich in fats and sugars and also, we get this huge dopamine rush and we attach like happiness to it with all these commercials we've seen of like people enjoying their pizza and high-fiving and all this stuff growing <laughs> up that we think we just associate food now with this like happy joyous occasion Which it never really was intended. It was just intended as fuel to survive. And we just, when we take ourselves away from that and we like look at it on paper, we're like, okay, what am I really doing here? Am I supposed to be like celebrating every time I eat a meal? (laughs) Or am I really just trying to like fuel my car? You know, and we're really in bodybuilding, you have to accept the fact, hey, you're going to be fueling your car. You're just because you're not eating those poor, those bad foods that you shouldn't be eating, doesn't mean you're sacrificing. You're just, eating regular like that's not a big deal to eat regular you know so right. and you can still have those things once in a yeah, while you in know? moderation yeah.
0: and you know just like you kind of touched on there's like fitness models that keep it together all year not saying they're stage lean but they're still in shape and you we all we all have that person that's at the gym like the lady that shows up every uh every weekday to do a little workout to do cardio you know and she stays pretty consistent all year and you can tell she works out she's got nice tone And it's not like you're seeing any fluctuations, like huge fluctuations, like us competitors do, because I do think it's unreasonable to stay like stage lean all year round. I wouldn't suggest doing that, but I don't think it's a big ask to stay within 10 to 12%. I don't think that's a big ask, but this is where the mental strength comes in, right? This is not necessarily anything to do with your physique. It's mental. It's your mind is what's keeping you like from binging or whatever the case may be. There's the great thing about living in the year 2024 is if you do have like a craving for something, there's probably a healthy alternative. Like protein bars have gotten so good to where a Snicker bar makes a protein bars and they're like lower sugar and stuff. <clears throat> a, a milkshake, you can substitute for a good tasting protein shake. Like it's not going to taste exactly the same, but there's some really good alternatives. So I think that again, you got to be mentally strong and it becomes even tougher in the off season when you have that temptation, right? Sometimes whenever we're in season, everyone can pretty much uh, get hundred percent and they're focused and they're motivated, but guess what? You're not going to be motivated 365 days per year. It's not going to happen. Okay. So that's where your willpower power has to come in. Anybody can stay motivated for 16 weeks, but can you stay motivated 365, you know? It's not about motivation; it's about willpower and dedication.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Motivation will come in waves. You yes,
0: know? it comes and goes. It even fluctuates by the hour. I'm more motivated in the morning, and then by evening, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "Don't ask me to work out."
1: And that's for any. That's for yeah. any even job. Like my, like my job, which I love more than literally, like just more than anything. I love it so much. But even me, like sometimes I'm just really like a lot more motivated here than yeah. other days, and it's like, how? That's I, I, all I think about. I don't know. I could be more motivated, but it's, it is. You just, sometimes you just really want to do it. And sometimes you're like, sometimes you're like, it's not as, not as much. You're just trying to get through the day type of thing. You know, it's just mm-hmm. with anything that you do. So your, your why has to be big. What's funny is you're talking about those, um, like having all the foods and living in today's day and age. I had to go in my messages on Instagram because someone messaged me the other day. They're sending us these like new, um, low fat, low sugar chocolate bars. And I had one the other day, and they're like, "We want to send you a box. Want oh. you a, we want to send you one, one for Ashley too." So Aww. they're going to come in maybe next week wait. or so. Yeah, no, they're they're great. I'll, I'll mention them now because I want you to try it before we give them an honest okay. review. Um, but I had one. It's so wild because Kimber just gave me one for Valentine's Day. Right, gave me one of these bars, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool. This is something new." It was the whole bar was like 190 calories, I think it was, but it was like pretty pretty healthy. And I am like, this is this is great. This is this is real. This is and then they messaged me like two days later. Like they reached out to me. I didn't reach out to them. They reached out to me like right after I got it. And then so they're sending us some some chocolate oh, bars. That's that, good. Same thing. Right? Isn't it crazy? We live Yay. in this day where you know we could have a uh and instead of having the whole chocolate bar, just have a couple squares, you know, yes. it gets the taste out of your mouth. Yeah, you know?
0: like dark chocolate's not that bad if it's low sugar, it's just like another fat source. So, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be demonized. You just gotta make good choices. And you know what?
1: Um this isn't like one of the things we're kind of outlined today but this is a great um a great question because okay. it goes into um you know I'm managing your day and, and prioritizing things and i want to go into it a little bit but this question came up um, and it said i saw ashley listed as a coach when i was looking into signing up with team elite how does she manage um taking clients and competing and i think that that's an important question not just for ashley but for everyone out there because ashley sets up her life in a way where she can still keep competing as a priority Ashley is very is she's very good as a coach she's done very well at least a pro every year and is um but she says as of now i'm an athlete first and i'm gonna coach second the athlete is my priority and so because of that i'm going to be coaching less people so i can manage it well so ashley really does take a minimal amount of people on Mm -hmm. um and i know my limits yes because i
0: never want anybody to feel neglected so i know just taking a small group is best for now until till the day i'm not competing as much which isn't anytime soon
1: (laughs) yeah and so with um with ashley even in the months of like two months before the olympia she won't take on any new clients either Mm -hmm. you know just be during the year she'll keep obviously the ones that that are she still has but it just it the the point of it is is that she keeps her life set up so she can be successful for the sport Mm -hmm. you know and she's not taking on 100 clients or anything like that because and if you guys like like literally could she could make four times the money if she wanted to but the sport is so important to her that um through coaching four times more through coaching if she wanted to but the sport is important to her, so she puts that as a priority so that's the same thing with you guys like outside of your life if something is taking away from your sport or you think might distract from it and you really have this goal no matter what that goal is uh will smith had i guess said it best he was like i don't have a plan b because that that creates an option to not stick to plan a Ooh, i like that you know yeah he's like there's there's no reason for a plan b so um that's you. You know, your, your thing is I don't need a plan B to sit back on having a hundred clients to, in case something happens, cause I'm going to be the best competitor that ever was. And I'm going to keep being the best competitor that ever was. And, and to climb above me is going to be really difficult because I'm setting myself up in a way where I'm not creating any room to climb above me. And so, um, I think people need to understand that, that this sport is like any other sport and you're going to have to prioritize it if you want to be good at it. And, it's unfortunate because a lot of people are going to have to earn their way to be in that position, but that's the same with all sports. You know, you see that in, you see that in all sports, you'll see it in basketball where they're having to, before they get to the NBA, they're doing all these different things and they can, you know, finally they set themselves up where they can get to the NBA. And all they do now is focus on the NBA. You see that in, in um, like martial arts, especially in like uh, mixed martial arts, like UFC, these guys are doing all this stuff, trying to get through the day, working crappy jobs, later, and then they finally get their contract from UFC or whatever. And then and now they can finally be a full-time fighter, right? They they have to get there though first. So that's the thing. But in our sport, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a similar circumstance. And you're gonna have to earn that right to get there to be that point where you can make it as your priority. Um and when you do, that's when things are are gonna, you know, you can really prioritize and, and excel. Um and until then it's gonna be hard. You know, so you're, you're gonna be doing a lot of things at once and you're gonna need to prioritize your sport still and not let anything get in the way. But as Ashley always says, I'm an athlete first and that's gonna be my priority. And I think that's important to talk uh-huh. about. Yeah. Because you to
0: be self aware can't do everything yeah you can't do you once something's gonna suffer if you try
1: yeah so you just have to be smart with if you're a coach if you're doing all these other things you know this is going to take a lot of your time and energy it is there's no way of getting away from that if you're doing it at a high level if you're doing it you know just to get on stage and transformation having fun totally different thing Um, but this is going to be for those girls who are saying i want to be a pro i want to be the next big thing i want this to be my career like there's going to be some sacrifice involved um, and if there wasn't, honestly, it wouldn't be worth it. I don't think anyone really want to do it if it came
0: easy. So mm-hmm. absolutely. I agree. So I think another, uh, part of bikini that can be mentally tough is just, you say it all the time, bikini competitors will have to do, do so many, uh, workouts that are very repetitive, the same, uh, body parts all the time. And also something to mention, and I think we talked about this last week, sometimes you won't be able to get to, get to train a certain body part anymore, and that can mess with people as well. That might mentally like make them think, "Oh my gosh, if I well my my shoulders are too big, but if I stop training, I'm going to lose them altogether. And what do I do? Yeah. You know? Or they just kind of crave the pump. There's a lot of those people out there too. that it's like you can't pull them out of the gym because they just like to lift heavy and go go hard. And at some point, if you have uh, too much muscle in that area, you're going to have to tone it down. Or stop turning that all, all together. And that can be hard on people.
1: Yeah, that for sure. I think that one is really tough. I get that a lot too with um inquiries. You know, people will be a lot of times, you know, I work with all levels, amateurs, pros, whatever, um, advanced athletes, but a lot of times I'll get advanced athletes like writing me saying, Oh, um, my shoulders, my feedback was my shoulders were too big. But I only train them now once a week, or I train them now only twice a week. <laughs> I'm like twice too many. Yeah, exactly. Twice I'm like, a week too many. <laughs> okay, so the problem is just reduce your shoulder workouts to basically none until it's until it's where they need to be, and then you can maintain them. But the problem is people maintain them while they're too big, Yes. thinking that they're going to shrink by doing less than they were doing. But that's still more than everyone else would be doing to get bigger shoulders. Like, it,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, and if you wanted to um, shrink it you know, it does go away r- relatively quick. You can reduce a little bit of it, you know, relatively quick. Um, you know, this this injury showed me how fast <laughs> things could really disappear. Well, that
0: one's like you're not even moving it. Oh, yeah, I'm so, not
1: moving uh, it at all. But I, the, 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 if you're reducing how much you're working, it could go away pretty quick. You know, a couple months it'll come down is what I've noticed. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, mobilization will <laughs> shrink you up. I, I showed my, my mom a video of my arm the other day, and I was like, this is it. There's, like, no – cap there's no my arms are all oh. skinny up here it's so crazy how fast it goes away but i'm not you know i'm not worried about it is
0: that arm getting beefier though
1: no because i'm not are i haven't worked, it more? i haven't lifted my upper body since uh my injury it was january 6th mm. so but
0: you're using it more
1: okay. yeah i am i'm getting better at being left-handed yeah i've used chopsticks the other day left-handed oh that's gosh. a pretty big advancement that's mm. a pretty big big day so yeah you could yeah I'm getting, I'm getting better with that the left quite a bit which is kind of fun um but it, as far as Um, competing goes and you know having to mentally stop doing things another one that people have to stop doing is like chest I see a lot of girls with like big pec lines you know I'll see a lot of like pec lines and they're like oh well I only do it now once a week and I'm like in bikini you're probably not going to be doing it at all like for 99% of people they just don't do chest at all so um, all these little things like you talk about the mental game of it is is a big part of it in the gym Um, it's funny because when I first started coaching primarily bikini athletes that was like in 2015 16 maybe maybe even 14 um it was all my bodybuilder friends that i was coaching prior were like kind of like like they would like make fun of me Rasmus, because i was still competing at the time too and um i would be like they were like hey it's just a fitness model division you just get a pretty girl up there and they'll be fine if they have a good waistline and they don't have to be that lean like what's the point of it you know type of thing and i was like dude the mental if you go through a bikini workout for six months and you get through it and you still want to do it, I'll 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 pay you to do that because I don't think you realize how mentally tough it is to get under a glute bridge and a hip thrust three times a week for six months. <laughs> like as you're like, wait, what are you working out today? Oh, shoulders or glutes. So oh, what are you working out today? Oh, shoulders or glutes. Like that's that's the bikini life, you know. It becomes really repetitive. Um, in the bodybuilding world, obviously lifting heavier weights and, and and harder workouts and things like that. But in terms of the freedom of it you know having an arm day like a pure arm day and then a shoulder day and then a leg day and then a chest day then a back day like it's fun you have variety every single time in the gym like it's a different workout five of the days of the week but with bikini it's like you might be doing the same two workouts back to back like it's just shoulder day back shoulder and back day leg and glute day shoulder and back day leg and glute day like you might be on some type of split like that uh if you're at that advanced stage and it becomes a lot in the gym to to go into the gym motivated to do the same workout you did two days ago you know yeah
0: yeah that's true very true Sometimes it, it's just even sometimes we see girls that like that you can't pull them away from the heavy weights and they still want to go heavy. And in that case, sometimes they just move to wellness or something else because, you know, they they like they just like to go ham. And some of the some of the movements aren't really bikini friendly that are too compoundy or even CrossFitters. I don't think those are the best types of workouts for bikini competitors either, just because they can be very like trap dominant and and maybe not the aesthetics that we're looking for. So yeah.
1: and you'll run into those people too. And this is like, a, I guess, a kind of like a more of a PSA for if you're one of those people going into bikini, like a CrossFitter or um, maybe even like an Orange Theory person or something like that, where, uh, or a class girl at, at like doing like group X classes at the gym. When you go from those things and you're getting a different workout every single day, the workout of the day, all that stuff, and you're going from those things to a bikini workout, you're going to understand it's not going to be The variety that you were doing before and if you're used to like having a new workout every single time that you go to the gym you're in for a little bit of a (laughs) in for a little bit of a disappointment because your your workouts are based purely on how you look at that point for competing for bikini you need more what do you need more of oh you need more hamstrings and glutes guess what your workouts are going to be more often than not hamstrings and glutes right that's that's how you're going to target it so um that's another mentally just a mentally tough thing you gotta prepare yourself is a lot of repetitive things, like like Ashley's talking about repetitive workouts.
0: So mm-hmm. another tough aspect of any physique sport is comparing yourself to others because that's basically what you're doing on stage. You're getting compared to others. But now in this new age of social media, it adds an extra layer because you see your competitors like posting a picture or a video, and even backstage, seeing them walk around. A lot of people get intimidated or like to that they're behind or not as good uh, because they see this certain competitor, but you know that one honestly that doesn't get to me because I've been around to know that a lot of times with photos they're under like you call it goon lighting, <laughs> use filters, maybe even snatch that waist a little more in, or even walking backstage too. It's like some, some girls have like the best backstage bodies, what we call it. Like you see them like just stand there or walking and they just, everything's so put together. But once they hit the poses, it doesn't translate in the pose. And then opposite, some girls you see backstage and you're like, oh, that's that's not impressive. But then when you see them hit the pose, it's like, whoa there we go. And I think too, sometimes you can be overly impressive in bikini. Let's be honest. It sounds weird to say, but if you're too impressive, like you're too X framed or you're too muscular or you're too lean, being too impressive is not a good thing. Or if you have um, a standout body part, that's like, whoa, the first thing you notice, that's also not good either.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. um, Yeah. The best physique doesn't necessarily win yeah, yeah. that was or uh, what you think is the best yeah <laughs> so it was funny because sandy does her seminars and if you guys haven't been lucky enough to go to one of sandy's seminars like watch the schedule um she puts it on is it npc junior Nats? she has it on on um on her instagram and, and sandy on sandy lane um but the she has this like what is it called when you like click through something and it's like different PowerPoint? Fo- yeah powerpoint there you go i was forgetting for a second like a powerpoint and then she'll have two physiques up and she'll say who's who's got the better physique and everyone always goes to the girl that is like the better physique. Right. And then she's like, Hey, who's, who's a better bikini physique. And like, usually the class, like the people at the workshop will split. They'll be like, Oh, well, the girl on the right still, still the same girl, the same girl on the right. And then um, Sandy's like, no, the girl on the left has a better bikini physique. So just because this girl, she's like, I don't deny that this girl on the right has a better physique. No one would deny mm-hmm. <laughs> that the girl's a better physique, but better bikini physique is this girl on the left. Right. right, and so people don't understand that. So it's like really frustrating sometimes when you like you see someone. You're like, I'm clearly better than this girl. Like I don't know why I'm losing. Well, you the you pass the, the prices li- right limit. <laughs> like Ashley says, you want to tell me the prices right? I have uh, no idea what you're talking. You about. say um, <laughs> you've said it before, where you can go like just a little bit under. like your physique a little bit under like
0: as far as conditioning i think yeah Yeah. you
1: use it as a conditioning thing Mm -hmm. um so she you want to go into that with your
0: um yeah so in bikini it's almost like you want to get as close as you can to being your conditioning max which is different for everyone but without going over because once you go over the point of being too conditioned, you'll get marked down so if you were to play it safe i guess and i would say this only really applies to like the pro level because In the amateurs, it's like a different set of girls. But um, you almost want to err on the side of caution of being a little softer than what you think rather than being too conditioned. Because if you go over, they'll they'll mark you down big time for being too conditioned. But if you're a little bit softer, they might give you a little more grace with that, I think. They might be like, well, you could have tightened up a little bit. But once you go over the the line where you're too conditioned and you start seeing striations, tendons popping, they're going to be like, nope, 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 nope. We'd yeah. rather you be a little softer, a little on the soft side. But again, everyone's different, so it's hard to explain that on an individual basis. But just those cues of being strided, like too too many tendons showing, things like that. You know. Yeah. The gotta hit, watch out for. The
1: that. hit is way worse for being a little bit too yeah. over than a little bit too under. Mm-hmm. It's like a five yeah. place drop in bikini, drop yes. in bikini mm-hmm. for being too over. A little bit under it might be just one or two. <laughs> right. It's like a yeah. huge, a huge difference. But as going back to the uh the picture thing who knew that was so crazy you know i I, two years ago when we're talking about this before anyone was like talking about editing pictures like i didn't know how rampant it was in the in the editing of pictures thing but yeah if you're comparing yourselves to others like it is so crazy how they're editing these pictures these days like i didn't now i'm a little bit more alert of it but um it's just so wild seeing how, what people are doing in their pictures and still doing in their pictures you can like,
0: even edit videos too
1: i've seen that the yeah. filter like the waist filter yeah and that's stuff. crazy yeah did you see that girl uh it was, it was i think she was in korea who was like she had a huge audience and everyone thought she looked this way and then mm-hmm. the filter like glitched yeah did you see that one and mm-hmm. she ended up being like probably 40 years older than everyone mm-hmm. thought everyone thought that she, was, she was talking to some like 18 year old girl who was like super followed and then she like turned and it glitched and then she like lost all of her following and all this because she was like a fake person it is so crazy the the levels of it and i didn't i never really thought about it um like how it would affect me because at this point i wasn't competing and i didn't really compare myself to others but i could and then i had a moment where i realized i'm like oh this is wild and there was um so there's this guy online and he's a he's a boxer and he has like the crazy like the fastest hands i've ever seen like it's crazy how fast this guy is and i was like man this guy's like my same weight i am never i'm never i'm not even close to as fast as this guy like i shouldn't be that far off if we're same weight maybe if the guy's like a super lightweight 100 pounder right i get that and then i was like i sent it to to my boxing coach he goes yeah that's crazy he's really fast i, I wonder if he's if he's speeding up this film cuz that's like really fast i've never seen anyone that fast that way and i was like huh and so I sent it to my friend too, who does these things. And he's like, dude, that's so edited that video. Because watch the curtain in the background and the curtains like going like like this. And I was like, oh, he sped it up like probably two times. Like that's why he's so fast. Mm. So for that, but then I realized that moment, I'm like, that's the same thing as a bikini competitor seeing a girl who snatched her waist, who blew out her glutes, who blew up her shoulders, because they're seeing something that's unrealistic, but they're comparing themselves to an unrealistic thing. Even that girl doesn't look like that. So like I was, that was like my moment where I was like, that's why editing your picture sucks because everyone's going through that moment. of like, man, I'm slow. You know, like I'll never be that fast, you know? And I was like, okay, now I get it. Why everyone's so like, I guess, upset about this whole editing thing. Because before it was kind of BS too. I was like, who cares? Like let them edit their photos. They want they feel like they need to edit their photo. Let them edit their photo, and then I was like, "Oh, it really impacts them because they're trying to get to somewhere they can't physically get to." know. Yeah? Yeah. So yeah. So just know that, guys out there, editing pictures—it's—it uh, is a—it is running rampant out there. So if you're comparing yourselves to people, uh, make sure you're comparing yourselves to them in real life.
0: <laughs> that yes, would be the only and time on stage in your post. And I would also go on to say that even sometimes it's not the most accurate to compare stage photos from one show to the next, like mm-hmm. because. Lighting changes big time. It changes how lean you look, even the angle of which the photographer is shooting. Sometimes if the photographer is shooting more at a low angle and getting that, like, I guess you call it a superhero angle where you look taller and leaner versus a photographer that's shooting like straight on belly button height. Right. It can make you look so different. You can look thicker. You can look softer, The lighting plays a big role. Some shows, like you can go from one show to the next, be just as lean. You'll look so much softer in one light and then so much leaner in the other. It's crazy. Yeah,
1: that especially the angle thing. Yeah. When you see a photographer like right behind the judges and they're not elevated and they're looking up and you do that like slightly leaning forward transition pose where your shoulders are like square on, that makes girls' shoulders to waist ratios look crazy when they're like looking up at them, like the superhero thing you're talking Mm -hmm. about. But if the photographer is in the very back with like a telephoto lens on like a stage and they're shooting straight on, it actually flattens them out a little bit too. It makes you look thicker too. it would
0: be like, I swear my waist isn't that thick. What the heck? (laughs) But yeah, that definitely can play with your mind. So even then, I guess that's your best way to compare if you're not going against the competitor. But even then, I would say don't get intimidated until you're literally standing next to them on the same stage with the same light in the same show because it changes so much. But I think... The biggest takeaway, too, even from that is just to say sometimes if you're too impressive, it's not a good thing because you can be too much. You don't want to be too much bikini. You don't want to be too lean. You don't want to be too muscular. You don't want a body part to stand out too much because I know everyone wants big glutes these days. That is the end thing. But even then, if you're If your glutes are too big, that's not a good thing. You might be admired by a lot of people on Instagram, but for bikini, everything needs to be balanced in proportion because this isn't wellness. We shouldn't be chasing the imbalance between our upper and lower body.
1: Yeah, you got that down nailed on that one.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
1: um, I think another one we can go into too is like dealing with, you know, setbacks because you're going to have them in the sport. This is pretty much no way around it. You know, it's just you're, pushing your body to a limit whether that be a setback of an actual injury whether that be a setback of you hitting a plateau um whether you're sick yeah getting sick before a big show i mean that sucks that happens to that happens surprisingly often where someone's just sick you know before a show and it, it slows their progress for two weeks and they only had eight weeks to go and now they have to push their show um you know things are gonna it's it's you're depending on the human body to respond for something so that's the, you're, you're never going to be able to fully have a linear path to a show. It's never going to be, Hey, I have 15 weeks to go, or I have 10 weeks to go. I have 15 pounds to go. It's like, I need to lose one and a half pounds per week. And I'm perfectly going to lose one and a half pounds per week and be stage ready in exactly 10 weeks. Like that's not going to (laughs) be how that works. Mm -hmm. It'd be perfect if it did, um, be great if it did, but that the, the way the amount of preps that actually go the way that you're, you're, or we're expecting to go and we plan it to go is like, one percent, <laughs> like, it, 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 you know, some preps go smoother than others, and some preps go even better. But if you were to plan a prep out, it actually going through the way you think it's going to be, the way you plan it out. Even if I plan it out as a coach, like, there's going to be adjustments made. There's just yeah. always going to be some adjustment that has to be made. So
0: absolutely, and so it sucks too. Is like a lot of t- a lot of times setbacks aren't even in your control. Like it's nothing you necessarily did wrong. Sometimes it can be just personal life stuff. You know, next thing you know, you have to. Drop off your kids or something because the card broke down, or something in life is kind of preventing you from being your best self. And that does suck too. But yeah, it's so unpredictable. So I guess word of advice is just be ready ahead of time when you're competing at a show. Just give yourself, you know, a few weeks of off weeks of no progress weeks or getting sick or whatever the case may be. Never really plan on competing right to last minute, like hoping and praying everything goes according to plan and prep because it's probably something along the way is going to be not the best. You know, something's going to happen, get sick, hit a plateau, whatever the case may be. So better be ready ahead of time.
1: That's a good, a good thing to talk about too, is just being ready ahead of time and giving yourself those weeks. Because um, in the scenario I talked about, let's say someone needs to lose 15 pounds, they give themselves 10 weeks, one and a half pounds a week doesn't sound unrealistic. But that would, that would mean that you're dieting even the week before the show and you're cutting the week before the show. You're still doing your cardio the week before because you're trying to hit that one and a half pounds. So um, realistically, it, the best case scenario, you'd be ready two weeks ahead of the show. Like if you're ready two weeks ahead of the show, then you cruising into the show is going to be so much better and so much more predictable on your body. We can reduce all the inflammation. We can get rid of any water retention. Um, we have the ability to make sure you're 100% full without worrying about it at the very, very end you know, when you take someone who hasn't had a carb for, you know, 16 weeks and doing two hours of cardio, because we're trying to lose whatever 20 pounds in, in eight weeks or something. Um, And then you have to fill them out at the end. <clears throat> like you got to remember, they're going to be in a different stage of carb sensitivity at that point. Giving someone carbs who hasn't had them in in, you know, 10 weeks and doing all this crazy cardio, and then just hoping and expecting that your body's going to absorb those carbs. Well, at that point is you're kind of you're kind Of praying, you're shaking. It's kind of like throwing a Hail Mary in, in football, like it's like the last thing, you're like, oh, we need some carbs now, let's just hopefully you absorb them, you know. And usually, what happens is that person will get a little bloated because they haven't had carbs in so long, they'll uh, retain water because they're super sensitive to absorbing those carbs. They were like, What is this? I haven't had a carb in. I haven't seen a grain of rice for, <laughs> for 10 weeks, right? So, um, you know, and so, but if you're ready ahead of time, you're two weeks ready, two weeks ahead of time, even 10 days ahead of time you know, you start, maybe you start your first little carb reload then, um, and your body just absorbs it. And then you need less carbs going into the show. And if you need less carbs going into the show, Hey, your, your stomach looks a little flatter because you're not eating so many carbs two days, the last two days before the show, because your body already had enough carbs kind of 50% filled out going into those last couple of days. Right. So all these little things do matter with how you prepare for the show and how you do your off seasons, of course. But like Ashley was saying, you know, it's, it's a, it's a year round thing. Um, you know, it's three sixty five. As close to three sixty-five as you can get it is really the is really the cool, I guess you should say, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you can't take breaks here and there, but for the most part, it's not it's not off and on. We say in season, off season, but it should never be off season. It should be like improvement season, honestly, because you should never be off. You know, give yourself a few days grace for some breaks here and there, of course, but you can't just like resume hundred percent after being so crappy with your diet in the off season and just hoping for the best it's not off and on it's it's not black or white there's there's that gray area and that gray area is improvement season
1: yeah yeah i think that that's pretty much it so um what are the things you think that bikini competitors maybe struggle with that's the mental part of it that we haven't covered today you i would like? say
0: the variance in physiques because you might get feedback that you are too lean maybe. But then you'll be like, but wait a minute, the girl that won was leaner than me. Or maybe the opposite. They'll say you're too soft. And then the girl that won is softer than you. And you're like, I don't understand. You got to realize everybody's different. We all look better or worse with different uh, amounts of body fat, muscle, uh, leanness, everything. So what might apply to the girl that won doesn't apply to you right i i've been told a few times last season that i could have been leaner but uh it's like well the maybe even then i was leaner than most right but for my physique personally i look better at a certain level of conditioning so we're all different and i think that can play with your mind too because you might be comparing yourself to the winner but the winner has a different structure different genetics different um build so You know, it's, it's going back to comparing yourself to another person, but just know that there's going to be variances in physiques, something that fits for you might not fit for someone else. So just make sure to really take in that feedback and just know that we're all, we're not really meant to look exactly the same in bikini. There is like, uh, not one size fits all.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the beauty of bikini too, you know, because you know, most structures can do pretty well in bikini. You know, there's a, if you look at the top, I mean, really you can even look at like the top, like eight at the Olympia and probably, I think like almost all of them are completely different physiques. Definitely the top five of different structures from an X frame to athletic frame, to curvy fit, to, you know, to wide shoulders with even larger, larger quad. Like there's just so many different physiques that do well in bikini. So it is going to take you time to find what is going to be your best approach for your your structure you know and that's the that's the important thing maybe you're a curvy fit girl who's coming in way too shredded all the time and your success really lies with you getting a little softer and maybe you're a shredded athletic girl and you've been coming in curvy trying to come in curvy fit and that's just not ever going to be successful for you so you have to you know be that shredded girl so uh you know finding your what's best for you is going to take time it's going to take it, it's rare that you're going to just nail it your first time and then be like oh that's that's the way they like me it's it's pretty rare but um once you start doing it for a while you kind of figure out you know this is how they like me this is what they keep the feedback they keep giving me and this is how I what I got to bring
0: yeah so it's a it's it's some trial and error you're going to have to take some risks and it's going to be a little scary you know you might have to try to come in softer even though you're used to being shredded and that might mess with your head like oh, no, but I don't want to look too out of shape or I don't want to get last place, you know, if I come in softer, it's going to take trial and error because, believe me, we all had to kind of figure out that out around, along the way too, so.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, we'll be pretty much done here, but I want to answer one question. We would try to get some of these. I appreciate when you guys are watching live, and I always want to try to answer a question or two when we can, um, and this question comes in um, from Sarah the Alchemist, and it says... Uh, What is the best form of cardio to keep glutes, incline treadmill, flat treadmill or stair stepper? And uh, I think that what I will say is that I think people overestimate how much cardio affects the the glute fullness, because when you're doing so there's a aerobic exercise and anaerobic exercise. Anytime you do something like past the rep range of 20, they say 25 reps, but I think that there's a little bit of argument there Anything past the rep of 25 reps becomes a aerobic exercise So it's an aerobic activity versus an anaerobic activity and you're only going to really build a lot of muscle doing anaerobic activities There are some outliers like you look at like a have these giant quads and stuff like that and skaters that do these like, you know They're doing more than 25 reps before they go around a track and they have these huge huge quads um, but I don't think that there is going to be a a major impact when you're doing your cardio on how it's going to keep your glutes full. What's going to keep your glutes full is you working out in the gym, keeping a constant stimulus while you're in a dieting stage. Maybe your glutes are getting flatter when you're dieting down because you're dieting down too hard and maybe doing too much cardio. Um, that could be part of it. You know, I'm not saying that this is you, but if you are one of those people who has to do, you know, two hours of cardio because you had bad off seasons, It doesn't matter what form of cardio you do, you're going to lose some glutes. You're going to pay for some of that glutes if you're eating a 1,000 calories and doing two hours of cardio. There's no way you're going to keep your glutes full the entire time of your prep when you're doing that. And you're going to sacrifice some muscle with that extreme dieting approach. So,
0: But I'll also add on to that. A lot of people think they're losing fullness, but they're losing body fat. And especially for women, mm -hmm. that's where you're going to put a lot of body fat on. So yeah, you're going to see that measurement go down and your glutes are going to feel smaller and as they should because... You know in a perfect world i would love to keep my my glute measurement where it is now but also I, I realize there's a layer of fat on top so just keep that in mind too
1: good good catch on that yeah because mm. we've i've had that happen many times you know yeah. where, where people just start thinking that that's all muscle yeah some people like, store body fat really well in their glutes you know? right some people you can't really tell that much that is body fat and if you're one of those girls you know good luck to, awesome for you that's like the best that's like the best case scenario where you're not seeing any cellulite, it's round, still and full and, and mm-hmm. hardish, you know, you're not like squishy glutes where you can totally tell like some girls store body fat incredibly well, they have thicker skin, they store their body fat, there's just no, you can't even tell the difference. And then when they lean out, it's it's it goes away and they're like, Oh, I'm losing my glutes. And they are like, No, you just, you're just really fortunate with how you store body, you can't yes. tell that it's body fat, mm-hmm. you know, so that that is a possibility. So yeah, so the main thing, keep your workouts hard um, keep your calories relatively high ish, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for w- relative to prep, of course, and, um, don't over cardio them off. And you should be fine with any form of cardio for the most part.
0: Yeah. I will say anecdotally though, I like to do step mill for the glutes, especially if I do like hit and then use the kickbacks as my rest during hit. And I will say if anything, it activates the glutes. I feel like, like I can feel them more. They get a nice little pump. So if I do that before glute day, it's nice. Like Nice way to be like, okay, now we're pumped up, ready to go. It's activated. I feel it, you know? Yeah. So that's just a personal thing, and maybe there's no science to it, but I, no, do, there is. I do like the step mill for, for glutes especially.
1: Yeah, so um, what you're referring to, and this is another, a whole other thing, but it's um, it's called post-activation potentiation. Mm-hmm. So what it is is basically the, the, the nervous system is really, uh, I guess you want to call it awakened by you doing... Um, like, the, for example, a hit cardio, you're really priming the nervous system to mm-hmm. get ready for a glute workout. So hit is going to be different in terms of cardio than what we're talking about for like a prep cardio where you're doing, you know, 45 minutes of steady state or something like that. Once you get to those rep ranges, not going to do much for you on the glutes. Um, if if anything, you know, really, it's not going to do really anything for you at that, at that pace. Um, harder the cardio, the better in terms of calorie burning, though. But in terms of hit cardio, yeah, you definitely can because if you're still staying under that you know let's say 45 second threshold before you're failing in um in doing like a stair mill or something like that then yeah that's that's close that's very close to doing a lifting like you know because you got to figure you're lifting for how long like um, 45 seconds you know before you're done with your set a minute before you're done with your set so same type of thing if you're doing a 45 second set on as a hit and you're going really really hard yeah you definitely can create some stimulus um, if you're not going to like too much endurance based, right? So it's different, different type of cardio there too. But yeah, definitely. So, um, so there's that, there's that as well. So, but anyway, back to the uh, potentiation, once you get your nervous system primed, and then you go into your workout, the theory is you're going to be able to activate more muscle fibers, therefore be a little bit stronger, therefore have better workouts, because you, you're at your maximum potential, everything's awakened as much as it can be at that point versus you going in without any of that um, potentiation. Um, stimulus, right? So that's that's the whole
0: thing for that. Yeah. So wake up those glutes, everyone. Wake them up. Wake excuse, them up. excuse me. Set that alarm. <laughs> excuse me. Hey, it's time to get up. up.
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hit the snooze. So uh, I guess with that,
0: that's all for this week.
1: That's all for this week. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and for the nice comments. We'll talk to you
0: later. Bye.